All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. A tremendous Thursday. How are you? Welcome to the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440 and live on Oilers Nation YouTube. It's game day. The Edmonton Oilers. Take it on the New York Rangers on Doug Waite and Charlie Huddy night as uh, both of them will be inducted into the Edmonton Owners Hall of Fame. I asked Gene Principe and uh, he told me that uh, those ceremonies for fans watching uh, should be on television as well. So if you're going to the game, you'll see it. But uh, also if you're a diehard fan who wants to watch it, uh, you should be able to see it on le télé. Okay, so there you go. Gregor Show is always presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Alberta's only regulated online gambling website. Uh, full slate of games tonight. Uh, NFL, of course, uh, NHL. You got uh, a lot of different... Hey, you want to go uh, goals? Uh, what about shots? I'll say this. Evan Bouchard, two home games, five shots, seven shots. Over two and a half tonight. Book it! Evan Bouchard is going to play tonight mainly with Brett Kulak. You're going to see Philip Broberg... With Matias Ekholm. We talked about this yesterday. To me, this is a no-brainer. People, it's, you know what? You get upset. Ah, yeah, the team is losing. Bouchard's made a few bad plays. Ah, trade him. Get rid of him. He has eight points, okay? On a team that has six forwards with zero points, Connor McDavid out of the lineup, you want to trade away or just bench your second leading scorer? Grab a clue. That makes no sense. Okay, that makes no sense. Don't do that. All right? So... Keep in mind, Connor Halley, month in, still figuring out the board, eh? Rookie. Well, the board was fine. It's the uh, the cameras. 
That's the that's the one that's not not my jurisdiction. Oh. I let Declan handle that one. Oh. We've got this mini thing in here that I yeah, have that, no idea what well, it is. You just so. hit one button. It looks like the red button has to be on. Well, look, I just oh yeah, now yeah. I'm gone. Now see, you had the wrong button. Declan, take me off camera. There you yeah, go. Once I learn it though, yeah. Now watch you, out. Now you know. Now you know which uh, button to press to get yourself on camera. So, yeah, yeah, pretty easy for uh, those watching. <laughs> it was uh, it was must. Must see TV for a second there with uh, the con man. Uh, he, he was just, you should have seen him spinning this knob. Like it was just, and the great part, you know what he was doing? Think about for people out there, you know when you, all of a sudden you have a technological problem and you just keep hitting the button. I hit it actually. I- right. And Connor was hit and he just kept spinning. And all I can see is his hands because there's the, mon- I can't see his face. And I can just see the anger in the spin. Thinking it, if I spin it faster, maybe it will work. Two different problems, actually. Mm-hmm. This, this, what you're seeing with my fingers on this little knob, that is for the volume in my headphones, which is very low and will not turn up. Oh. The button over here is for the camera. Oh. I've got issues going on here. Jeez, it's tough, man. Yeah. Tough. Well, you're one of the guys, though, <laughs> like you and Low Tide. Like, I have to come in here, and uh, when I press, when I put in my own headsets, because we don't share headsets, disgusting. Um, low Tide, though, like, I don't know, man. He might have to get a Whisper 2000. You might need a Whisper 5000. <laughs> Because I made the mistake once, and I learned quickly. I put my headset on, and all of a sudden, it was just like, oh, my God, I'm deaf. How loud can it be? So uh, LT, I don't know, maybe he just is like an old-school rocker, and he likes to have the music blaring. And it's like it's, he's reliving his 16-year-old years, you know, when you get your car the first time, and you're on the road, and you just crank it up as loud as you can. Well, that's how he listens to the show. It's uh, Maybe he just likes the sound of his you know, soothing voice. <laughs> Hello. How are you? Do you remember the 1927 World Series? Yes. So, who knows, man? But it is loud. Very, very loud. So, uh, Evan Bouchard, anyway, offensively, no issues in his game. He's got eight points. Problem is, at five on five, he's minus five. Being on the ice for the most goals against. And at least three of them, were from him mishandling the puck, which is his forte. So, you know what? Don't keep trying to pound a square peg in a round hole. Evan Bouchard is not overly comfortable right now defensively. I don't know why. I asked him. You'll hear from it coming up momentarily. But less can be more. I still have him on the power play. The guy's got two goals already. Remember, it took him, like I think, 30-some games last year to get a goal. So he's got offensive confidence. The good news is his defensive miscues haven't hurt him offensively. The owners desperately need it because they don't have a lot of offense right now. Right? Like they're scoring as a team, but it's basically six guys. <laughs> that's it. So that's not ideal. But you don't bench someone like that. Right? When you don't do it. Now, if you want to reduce his minutes a little bit, that's smart. And that's what they'll do tonight. And if Evan Bouchard, you know, and it's not like it's going to be a massive reduction, but it also means a promotion for Philip Broberg. And uh, we'll see how Broberg handles things on the right side. Uh, the Oilers and the Rangers come into tonight, each with nine goals, five on five in the lineup. I take out Connor McDavid. He's not in the lineup. He only has one. So that would be 10. But they each have nine goals, five on five. Uh, both teams would like to score more five on five. But it's pretty much identical. If you look at who's going to be the first line tonight, which is Kane, Drysaddle, and Yanmark, I don't know if that's the first line. We'll just call it the first line. Right? They have one goal, five on five. Rangers top line, one goal, five on five. The order second line tonight, Fogel, Hyman, Nugent Hopkins. Well, they have five goals. 
five on five. Six, actually. Six goals, five on five. The Rangers line, Panarin's line, they have five. Pretty even. The Rangers' third line has one goal, five on five, this year. And then their defense has one. The uh, Oilers' third and fourth lines, no goals. And their defense has two. So it's pretty much even uh, across the board between the uh, the Oilers and uh, the Rangers. When it comes to five on five scoring, uh, the massive difference has been goals against. The Rangers in four of their games have allowed only one goal. The other two, which were their losses, they allowed four and five. So when they win, they allow one. When they lose, it's four or five. Now, obviously that trend's not going to continue. I'm sure you can lose a game by allowing two or three goals. But uh, Shesterkin, Columbus, and Nashville figured out a way to solve them. It's hard, but you can do it. The orders, that's what they'll try to do tonight. And Edmonton and the Rangers, uh, their last three of their last four games have been fairly entertaining. Teams uh, giving up three goal leads, the other team comes back and wins. Last time, it was the uh, Oilers blew a three nothing lead. The Rangers came back, ended up winning in a shootout. The other two was when the Oilers were down three, came back and eventually won the game. So, I look at uh, at where these two teams are at. Obviously, Edmonton. Hey, they know they got to play better. Now. We'll get to Bouchard in a second. Actually, let's uh, let's get to Bouchard uh, right away now. Um, as we go in the room, brought to you by Next Gen Transportation, heavy haul transport provider, one hundred percent locally owned and operated, and uh, they are hiring. Go to nextgentransportation.com or indeed.com and look up Next Gen Transportation. Here's uh, Evan Bouchard. Just you know, I'll, I'll give Evan Bouchard credit, man. He didn't mince his words on how he's playing right now. Uh, Evan, uh, going to switch pairs here. Um, you're actually your best start. At- ever offensively and there's been some struggles really just handling the puck at times defensively seem odd to you because everything you're doing in the offensive zone is great and the puck sometimes and you're sticking the defensive zone isn't going the way you want i mean yeah the offensive stuff is great but uh it doesn't mean much if uh you know the puck's coming right back in your net we're losing games so it's uh something i'm gonna clean up um and it's something that uh we'll get better is it easier to ride this out now that you have like a body of work to fall back on that you, that you know you're able to succeed in this uh, I think so, yeah. I don't think the confidence was ever really uh, an issue. I think, uh, like I just mentioned, keeping it simple in D-zone, it'll be fine. When you look at, at the video and watch it, and normally when a guy is, you know, boatload of confidence offensively and you're handling the puck, that kind of translates everywhere where you're handling pucks. So it's kind of odd to see that, you know, a few struggles defensively despite you racking up the points offensively. Uh, yeah, it's a little different. Um, you know, puck's bouncing off my stick a little more than I'd like it to. Um, I think it's more just about settling down and really focusing on little things. And uh, like I said, everything will be fine. Do you feel like, not just with you, but with everyone in the defensive zone, uh, is, it, is it a system thing? Is it an individual thing? Are you, there's a lot of Oilers next to players who are still tipping pucks and still getting to the net. Is it a physical thing? Is it a checking thing? What are we seeing? I mean, if guys are tipping pucks from in front of your net, it's not usually a system thing. Um, it's usually a little bit of individual play. Um, getting used to the system is not really an excuse that we can really use after six games of the season. Um, so I think there's a little bit of individual uh, play, being a lot stronger in front of our goalies, helping them out uh, more because we know they're going to make the save for us. So there you have it. Not a system thing. It's an individual thing. It's like, hey, you know what? Yeah, it's great offensively. you got to be better defensively. Didn't mince his words on anything. Appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you know, We'll see how it goes for, uh, for Bouchard. I-, I think this could help both Broberg and Bouchard. Broberg gets a few more minutes. 
I think maybe naturally he's – well, not maybe. I think he's naturally a better defensive defenseman than Bouchard, and Bouchard is naturally a better offensive defenseman. So now you put him in those situations. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, not easy. The Rangers are a good team. They don't score a ton, but their power play is lethal at 30% right now. So the order is penalty kill. Try to avoid too many men on the ice penalties. Like, think about it. The Oilers didn't take an actual hooking, holding infraction last game, but they had three too many men in the ice penalties. I still can't get over that. It was absolutely uh, absolutely mind-blowing to me. Uh, obviously, it's uh, ties an NHL record. It's uh, it's not ideal, but uh, we'll see where the Oilers go uh, from here. Uh, coming up on the show today, man, it's loaded. Of course, it's uh, Doug Waite, Charlie Huddy night, and uh, it was like a little roast. Doug Waite was laughing as uh, Bill Guerin, Kelly Buckberger, Kevin Lowe, and Paul Coffey uh, there was a little roundtable earlier today, and uh, they were obviously you know poking fun at Ga- uh, Garen and uh, sorry Wait and Huddy, but then also you know talking very nice about uh, their careers as uh, they will both be honored tonight. Uh, you will he- will hear from uh, Bill Garen, who's also the GM of the Minnesota Wild. So we'll talk a little uh, Doug Wait, but also a little uh, NHL with Bill. We'll hear from uh, Hall of Famer Ferguson Jenkins on the uh, show today. Which is a hey, anytime you get uh, one of the greatest, uh, arguably the greatest Canadian pitcher of all time, be fun. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald Sr. will join us. We'll talk a little uh, NFL. Uh, probably also talk about his uh, son, Larry Fitzgerald Jr., who's going to Hall of Fame player himself. Uh, Speck will be by. Dave Maloney will join us, give us the uh, Rangers side of things. Of course, it's Thursday. That means Livingston's by. Also, co-host terry ryan from three until five o'clock so uh loaded loaded show bronte also uh Ruben bronte will be by at uh, 5 20 today so lots to get to uh we can get the text line 833-401-1440 our jiffy lube inbox uh, it's humming along already hey guys broberg reminds me of a jarmelson that's the exact type of d-man they need i think an ikom will be a magic pair together from a uh, hontorio moms very possible very possible Guys, Bouchard's very talented offensively. If he wants to really get paid, he needs to be steady top four option and even strength for Matt. Yeah, well, you know what? Here's the thing. I don't think guys just look and say, hey, I want to get paid. I want to play well. I want to win, right? And if you do that, then, yes, the, the contract will come. You know, money's not a factor. Evan Bouchard at, at this two-year deal, he's made $6 million in his life, man. He'll be fine unless he's, you know, an idiot with his money, which I don't expect him to be. So uh, I think he'll be fine. And, you know, he'll get paid. I don't think if Evan Bouchard starts trying to play for a contract, I think that's probably where you get in trouble. You just got to play to your strengths. And Evan Bouchard showed last year in the postseason he can be a solid defense. He doesn't have to be Jason Smith because Jason Smith could never be Evan Bouchard offensively. I never could. So I don't expect Bouchard to be Jason Smith or Adam Larson. But he just needs to be a little bit better than the Evan Bouchard that we have seen thus far. Hey, guys, when can we expect McDavid back in the lineup? John of St. Albert. Well, John, I can tell you this. Uh, Connor McDavid has been skating on his own lately. I would say right now there's a chance he can play Sunday, but I think it's a low chance. That's what I'll say. In my conversations, I think it's a low chance. I don't 100% rule it out because I know he desperately wants to play. All right? It's, it's a fun game. It's an outdoor game. You want to play in it. Right? He wants to play. But at the same time, if he doesn't play Sunday, he gets four days rest until their next game on Thursday. And as much as McDavid wants to play in Sunday's game, you know what? Uh, he's not going to push. He's not going to risk further injury just to play in the outdoor game. 
If he's ready to go and there's no risk of re-injury, then he'll play. If not, he'll wait. Uh, but I do think Thursday is a pretty decent chance. I would say Thursdays might be a, like 50-50 for sure. Might be like 80-20-80 uh, for uh, for Sunday. That's kind of how I would uh, that's how I would look at it. Right? So, hey guys, if we're going to the game, should we be there early? Well, if you want to watch the ceremony, it's going to start right at 7 o'clock. So, keep that in mind. Hey, guys, the order have been saying the right thing since they uh, have been knocked out of the playoffs. Now it's about time to show it. Yeah, that's fair. Moms, that's very fair. Right? Like, there's accountability at least. None of this, oh, well, you know, uh, we'll be fine. None of that. So, that's a good sign. We'll take a quick break. Uh, we'll return. We have... Uh, Talk a little uh, NFL. We have Bill Guerin, the GM of the Minnesota Wild, talking Doug Wake coming up in about uh, 15 minutes' time. And more. It's the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440, live on Orders Nation YouTube, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. 221. Welcome back. It's game day on Sports 1440. The Edmonton Orders taking on the New York Rangers. And, of course, Doug Waite, Charlie Huddy will be honored tonight going into the Orders Hall of Fame. And uh, the players hoping... Uh, they can give them a victory and their fans as the order's off to a very ugly 1-4-1 one, and one start this season. Uh, we do have a GM of the Wild and a very close friend of Doug Waits, uh, Bill Guerin, coming up in 15 minutes' time. But first, we're going to get to the uh, NFL report brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling. Home the no payments, no interest for one year. You want to stay warm all winter? Don't wait till it conks out. Plan ahead. Go to LegacyHeating.ca. Hey, and uh, we are joined by a managing general partner of the uh, National Programming Network. Uh, of course, uh, has been covering uh, the NFL and uh, many other sports for oof, over four decades. And uh, also, uh, maybe something I'm guessing if you asked him, uh, more important for him, of course, uh, he's a dad, husband, and uh, his son, Larry Fitzgerald Jr., one of the greatest receivers of all time in the NFL. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald joins us now. Larry, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Hey, excellent. Um, you've been covering sports in, uh, in Minneapolis for a long, long time, specifically the NFL. So I want to start with the Vikings. And um, are you surprised that there's not a contract extension for Kirk Cousins? Because, man, he's looked quite good this season. No, I'm, I'm a little more surprised that uh, Justin Jefferson, uh, didn't get uh, his contract extended at the beginning of the season. I think it was a distraction that uh, sort of hung over the team because that was the big question in the off season. After he was the offensive player of the year in the National Football League last year, almost 1,900 yards, helped the Vikings go 13-4. and Kirk Cousins has been doing awfully well. I mean, he's one of the top quarterbacks uh, in the National Football League, and uh, he started this guaranteed money situation in the National Football League when the Vikings signed him after losing the NFC Championship game uh, in 2018 to the Philadelphia Eagles in Philly. So uh, he's going to I think he's making $45 million guaranteed this year and he's uh, thrown 16 touchdown passes and has really been playing well. Looked great on Monday night, won in prime time and uh, I think uh, he's in one of those situations that some athletes uh, that are very, very good get into. And that is, uh, instead of getting the money guaranteed ahead of time, knowing what you got coming next year, you kind of got to show the organization 
that uh, had the faith in you all the way back in 2018 that you can take them where they want to go. And they got a new head coach in there. Um, and Kevin O'Connell, he won a Super Bowl with the Rams. And so that's the kind of mindset uh, of uh, the way they came in. He and Questy Adolfo Mensah, the general manager. And that's what the Whiffs want. They want a championship uh, for the Minnesota Viking organization who's been around since 1961. Larry, you look at Jefferson and then they got young Addison. Like It looks like, you know, especially with the passing the way it is now in the NFL, you have two dominant receivers. You'd have a much better chance of winning. Obviously, you need skill everywhere else. But kind of give me your thoughts on Addison. Uh, you know, you've been you've been covering, and I'm sure you've you've talked a lot about receivers over the the many years. So, uh, what do you think of him, and where do you see his ceiling at? I think his ceiling is uh, is unlimited. I mean, remember he's a first round pick in the National Football League. I know something about uh, uh, Lindenkoff Award winners. My son was a Lindenkoff <laughs> yeah. Award winner at the University of Pittsburgh, and and he did the same thing at Pittsburgh before transferring to uh, USC in this uh, day and age of transfer portal. But uh, the Vikings took him in the first round, uh, obviously, back in April. Uh, they had him in high regard, and uh, I think they got one of the best receivers, certainly, in the draft. Uh, he hadn't dropped a pass this year. He's got six TDs, over 400 yards, and Monday night was his coming out party. He clearly shows that he can run precision routes that he's not intimidated, and that he can play the game at a very, very high level. And uh, and he, he he's looking to have the kind of season that uh, is going to make an impact, not only uh, on what the Vikings can do as a team, but to show the world that when you treat me as the number one, I can prove that I'm a number one. Larry Fitzgerald Sr. joins us here on Sports 1440. Larry, you've had a distinguished career, you know, for over four decades, you know, covering the NFL. You got the uh, Living Legend uh, Legacy Award from NCAA for, for covering that for a long time. Um, you know, sports is definitely being ingrained in you and obviously in your family. Uh, in 2009, you became the first uh, American uh, journalist in sports history to cover his son in a Super Bowl game. Now, I know when you're a reporter, you try not to have any bias. How challenging or exciting was covering the Super Bowl when your son was in it? Well, you know what? I've never looked at any game any different when uh, I'm watching my, my sons play. And I was fortunate enough to watch them play from the time they were peewee. You know, I've been working in this business, as you said, for over four decades. And and when you raise your children um, and you tell them about all the mistakes you made and all the things you achieved and those types of things, when they're looking at sports and thinking about what they can do and what they might uh, want to try to achieve, you, you tell them all the truth and facts. And so when I'm covering a game, whether my son's playing in it or not, I'm still covering the game. And I'm not just individualizing it uh, from that standpoint. And uh, I got in the habit of, of, of knowing how to get through that because uh, I've seen Larry play, uh, you know, from high school, peewee, uh, you know, all the way. And so it, it was never a challenge for me because I never approached it as an individual situation. I always looked at it for what it is. I'm watching the game. I'm covering the game. And if somebody named Fitzgerald just happens to stand out while I'm covering that game, then uh, I write about that too. 
Was it because the Super Bowl, like every game is different. Was there like was there a, a, a father pride maybe that you had more like obviously, you know, you're you're proud of your kids regardless of what they do. You don't have to be in a Super Bowl to be proud of your son, of course. But, you know, ha- having covered so many Super Bowls, you know how rare it is for some players. They never get there again. Right. They never win. Um, but just to be there. How was kind of just even the week leading up? Was it was it one that you maybe were a little bit more pensive and, and thought process about just because of the uh, the situation with having your son involved well that week was different no doubt and uh took i covered super bowls and we're talking about covering the team and the city and the community and the state and the benefits of a super bowl and the magnitude of what's at stake uh being a world champion and, and achieving something that will submit to what you achieve in history and so uh, that week was different because a lot of the media was coming to me, talking to me about, <laughs> you know, your son is in the game and you're covering the game. And, you know, so I, that kind of surprised me, the attention that I got during the week. But uh, I was able to, you know, understand the magnitude of it and, and kind of get through it. It kind of surprised me, but I was able to get through it because I recognized that, uh, you know, I had a job to do. I, I'm pretty sure you were the first, one of the, well, definitely the first, I think, to get Randy Moss to do a live on location interview, uh, Larry. And I think now, did you, your son, Larry Jr., I think at the time was also, if I'm reading correctly, was a ball boy at some point for the Vikings. I don't know if he was a ball boy when Randy Moss was there or not. Maybe it was a different time. But, um, A, how'd you get Moss involved? And then, B, uh, how did, how did uh, Larry Jr. land the ball boy job? Well, uh, you know, I did Dennis Green's radio show for eight years, and uh, I know uh, my youngest son, Marcus, one day was at home when uh, my uh, when Dennis Green called. He was looking for me, and uh, this is before cell phones and stuff like that. It was a house phone, and so Marcus uh, immediately asked Dennis Green if he could get a job as a ball boy, and, and, and Dennis accommodated him and, and awesome. told him that he could do it. And I I asked Dennis about, uh, you know, maybe getting Larry on like a security detail or something in training camp. And he told me no problem. So uh, that's how it started. And uh, once Marcus was doing the ball boy thing, Larry uh, also became a ball boy. And they were there during the time that the Vikings had two of the greatest receivers in NFL, Chris Carter and Randy Moss. And, you know, they had Jake Reed and, you know, uh, Brian Billick, offensive coordinator, you know, he's uh, been on to win a championship with the Ravens and, you know, all those uh, great, great coaches and players, they got to see what the pros do and the work they put in and that type of thing and the time they spend working on their craft. And so being in high school for him, that was a huge benefit. And I think it uh, helped him realize that it's, he set his goals and focused on what he could get better at that, that he could do it. And you look, Larry, I know you've covered uh, sports for so long. You've written many articles. You've interviewed so many people. And, you know, people will talk about how, you know, sometimes, like, the margin is so thin. There's so many great athletes uh, who who don't make it. And sometimes it's being at the right place at the right time. And Bill Gates talked about how he went to high school, the only high school in the country, or sorry, that had uh, that had a computer, right? Um, and so you were just like, hey, you know what? If, if I had been to a different high school, maybe I would have had a different path. And you wonder, you know, seeing your sons there who both went on, you know, to have tryouts and then play in the NFL, how that one moment of just being there and getting to see something up close might have changed their path. Well, I think uh, for them, they were fortunate 
from the standpoint only of, you know, their dad's a journalist, their mother uh, was a health uh, worker, and uh, and so they got a, a, a bit of both sides because uh, being around my wife Carol, uh, you know, she was talking to people about STDs and and that type of thing, and having to deal with uh, the news, and uh, and that was difficult because some people were dying from uh, uh, contacting uh, HIV and that type of thing. And then with me, they were going to see, you know, people like Kirby Puckett practice, you know, (laughs) a superstar or Kevin Garnett or in the case of the Vikings, you know, that type of thing. And so they got to sort of fulfill their ambition of watching and being in the middle of the excitement uh, in a stadium or at a practice or something like that. And then they kind of formed their own uh, desire levels. And I think that was the way to go. And I'm, I'm very glad it worked out the way it did. Larry Fitzgerald Sr. Uh, joins us. You've covered over, you know, I don't know how many Super Bowls. I think it's 40 plus. And you just, you've seen how the game has changed. And you've covered so many sports. Are you, are you a little surprised? Because I'm trying to think of any position in pro sports that has changed as drastically as how football used to view running backs and their value and how they view them today in their value, whether it comes to salary contract usage and everything else. Like I can't think of a position in sports that has changed that much. That's a very good point. And I think it's unfair. I think running backs have been devalued. And, and I think it's when it went to the salary cap situation and teams being over $210 million, uh, caps for each NFL teams, uh, the general managers, uh, they start viewing how are we going to break this money down? And and that's why people talk about the quarterback. And the quarterback is the guy that drives the show and you have to build your team around a, you know, a quarterback, that type of thing. You know, Patrick Holmes, Tom Brady, that type of thing. But the reality is most teams believe that you can win if you have a quarterback on his first contract and that way you're able to put all the pieces around him. Well, somewhere along the line, people just in the NFL just start saying that, you know, running backs are not necessarily a dime a dozen, but that they could get by without, uh, you know, drafting a guy in the first round as a running back or that type of thing, or being able to pick one up uh, from another team that had a lot of running backs. And so uh, I think that's kind of what happened with uh if you look at what happened with, you know, with the Minnesota Vikings, I mean, they had uh, one of the best running backs in football, 52 touchdowns, uh, you know, and then they let him go basically in an unrestricted uh, free agency situation because uh, Delvin Cook, I mean, he got it done with the Vikings. I mean, he had over a thousand yards and, and, uh, but they did not want to continue to pay him in the area between 12 and $15 million. And I think it's shown to the team also that they might be able to get along without him, but they're not going to get along at the same level. Because you look at the team, the Vikings are the first team in NFL history to have a, have 16 passing touchdowns after seven games <laughs> and no rushing touchdowns. Yeah. And so they, that's something that shows you that in that approach, uh, of not necessarily paying the account of attention that had been shown in past years to the running game and to the running back that, uh, hey, if you have a 
a lot of turnovers like the Vikings have had this year. They lead the league with 14 that uh, you're going to have a tough way. But, you know, with them playing 17 games, they st- they're still in it. I mean, they're three and four, and if they win at Green Bay on Sunday, they can get back to 500, and they've still got to pe- play uh, Detroit twice and Green Bay and the Bears one more time. And, uh, Larry, yourself, of course, uh, you played high school ball, then you went on to uh, Indiana State University, a defensive tackle, uh, very skilled in your own right, and, and you actually took the radio and TV communications uh, program there. Um, you look at, you know, big man, strong man, there's lots of people in football at different times. Like, I'm not sure I wanted my kids to play. Well, how did how did you go about, you know, your son's love into football? Was it something you encouraged? Was it something you just kind of sat back and let them develop on their own? How did that work? And uh, uh, how come uh, how come uh, neither no defensive linemen, uh, both offensive guys? Well, those guys did not want to be, you know, big, you know, in terms of how big big I've been and was. Okay. You know, almost 300 pounds, being a defensive tackle, as you mentioned, and then they switched me to offensive tackle. They they grew up wanting to be, you know, in the game in terms of the uh, possession receiver or being a guy that could catch footballs or run with the ball. That's what they wanted to do. And so they worked uh, in that area because kids grow up dreaming to do what they choose to do. And all I wanted to do was facilitate helping them uh, the best I could and uh, in, in staying after what they were trying to do. And uh, that's what I did. I told them all the things I did uh, and uh, just encouraged them to uh, stay focused on, uh, first of all, getting their grades and doing well in school and then going out and playing as hard as they could and helping their team win. One last one for you. Are you, you having been in Minnesota for so long, uh, have you ever? Do you have the hockey bug at all, Larry? Do you, do you enjoy hockey? Absolutely. I grew up on hockey in Chicago. That's where I was born and raised. And uh, when I was in Chicago, they had uh, Bobby Hull and Stan Makita. Oh, and nice. I'll never forget 19, 1971 in high school. Uh, they lost the Stanley Cup in Game Seven. I was at that game, and uh, so I've always loved uh, hockey. And of course. Uh, being in Minnesota, it's the state of yeah. Hockey. Oh, for sure. And, uh, they've got a pretty good team uh, right now. They've been in the playoffs uh, the last few years, over 100 points last year, and won their last game against Edmonton seven to four, and uh, play Philadelphia tonight. So, uh, I-, I like the National Hockey League. I love all sports. Uh, I think hockey might be uh, minute to minute the most exciting sport there is because it is just. You can watch a hockey game for for 40 minutes and there'll be no goals, but you'll have seen a lot of excitement. Larry, really appreciate the conversation. Uh, continued success uh, reporting and uh, and being a dad. We thank you for your time. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, guys. Good luck. You betcha. There is uh, Larry Fitzgerald, senior. Quite the career as a football player. Uh, then, of course, as a reporter. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald, uh, Jr., one of the greatest receivers of all time as well. Uh, when we come back. We'll stay in Minnesota with the general manager of the Wild, Bill Guerin. He's in Edmonton because his good friend Doug Waite will be going up in the Orders Hall of Fame tonight. Uh, Bill Guerin next on the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440. Rolling through the Jason. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Gregor Show live in the Ewell studio, E-W-E-L dot C-A for all your electrical needs. Uh, the Edmonton Orders are taking on the New York Rangers tonight. Uh, Orders looking to get a win after a slow 1-4-1 one, and one start. But before the game, a huge ceremony as Doug Waite and uh, Charlie Huddy will be inducted into the Edmonton Orders Hall of Fame. A gentleman who's in town, uh, one of Doug Waite's uh, best friends, former teammate, uh, who's currently the general manager of the uh, Minnesota Wild, who are fresh off a 7-4 victory over the orders. Uh, Bill Guerin joins us on the show. Bill, welcome back to the show. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Hey, no problem, man. Thanks for, uh, I, I know you, you came in, uh, you and Doug, of course, uh, really close friends. Uh, I know when this uh, announcement first came out, you said there's no chance I was missing it, so you put it in the calendar. And well, can you kind of put into words, when you have somebody that you were that close with and you, and you battled for that long, kind of what it means to see a really good friend have such a huge honor? Uh, I'm, you know, honestly, I'm just so happy for Dougie. I'm so proud of him. Um, you know, <laughs> Nobody, nobody bled Oiler colors, uh, you know, more than Dougie. And, you know, he, he gave his heart and soul to the organization. He, he was a, a great Oiler. And, uh, you know, this, this honor is just so, it's, it's just so good to see the, the organization recognize him and what he's done for them. And, um, yeah, it just, I'm really happy for him. It's, it's a, it's a, going to be a great night. And it's unique because obviously you two had known each other before uh, you got traded from New Jersey to Edmonton as you know playing for Team USA and uh, at the World Cup in, in 1996 and such. Um, but you, you know you were an East Coast guy and you're telling the story how when you came to Edmonton like it was a, it was a major shock. A you got traded in January, so you know at the peak warm time of Edmonton. You know, I'm sure you showed up in sandals <laughs> at uh, at that time, and you know come, and now you're in Minnesota, which is probably one of the few American cities which is a hockey market. Right, so I'm, I'm sure that's fun for you. But you know, when you look back on it, the personality, certain guys, you know, you want to play in a, in a hockey market. Some guys don't love it, but something tells me like your personality. You're like, man, this is great. Like, I love it where people eat, drink, and sleep hockey all the time. Oh, I loved it. You know, Dougie and I both loved it. We, we, 
I mean, yeah, this is this is what this is what you dream of when you're you know a young kid and and you want to be an NHL player. Um, you want to be in a hockey market. I did, and I, I I loved it up here. I mean, from the from the first day that that I got here to the day I left, and and uh, you you know what? When when game day is the most important thing going on. I mean, that that is you know for everybody. It, it's just what you want. And uh, yeah, the, the years that I spent here, um, you know, some of the the most fun that I that I've had in in my career and, and in my life. It's just fantastic. And you know, to do it with somebody who's a really close friend, you know, you don't get that opportunity very often in, in pro sports. I would think to to play with someone that close. You come in, uh, you came in, you joined the team in the ninety seven ninety eight season, and being a GM now, Bill, I'm sure maybe you appreciate it even more that uh, you know back then there was no salary cap, and uh, there was there was the uh, the spenders, and then the the teams that didn't have the money to spend as much, and and that was the orders. And you know, how much was that motivation? As a player, knowing, you know, when you get in those playoff series that the other teams had $34 million payrolls that were higher, like how much of a motivator, if at any, was it for you? Well, you know what? We didn't, hey, listen, we, 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 we had, you know, our issues with, with, you know, the, the finances and stuff like that, but we didn't, we didn't care. Like we didn't care who we were up against. We didn't care that the other team had, you know, a, a bigger payroll than us. We, you know, we wanted to win and we thought we were good enough. And, um, you know, we, we took a lot of pride in, in the Oiler jersey and, and what it represented and how we were going to be looked at. And, and we played hard. And, you know, we had a couple of good upsets in there. We always, we always, you know, put our, our you know, our, our bodies on the line. And, um, you know, it was it was a pride thing, and uh, like I said, we didn't care what you know Colorado was making or or Dallas was making. We were gonna we were gonna give you our best, and we were gonna be a lot to handle, and and that was that's the way it should be. You know, no matter what your your payroll is or, or whatever, you, you you've got to put your best out there each and every night, and when the playoffs come around, even more so. What impressed you, or what did you have the most respect for about Doug Waite's game on the ice? You know what? Honestly, and I love this about Dougie. He's such a great teammate. Um, but Dougie was an elite uh, puck handler, passer, playmaker. Um, but he brought he brought an element of grit with that each and every night. And you know, it didn't matter the you know we could be in the most hostile conditions, and, and Dougie would show up. Dougie was, you know, he was in the battle. Um, you know, he's a he's a hundred point guy, and and he's. He's in the scrums. He's getting he's getting involved physically, and, and that's that's. I just love the way he played the game like that. And then you know you you had that with talent and the vision that he had. It was just it was yeah. I, I loved the game, and I, I was lucky enough to be his language. He was joking today at his press conference, which was kind of a roast, which I thought was great, about how um, you know you and Paul Coffey had similar traits. How you'd be like, hey, Doug, I'll stand in the slot. You go to get the puck in the corner and then go get the puck in the other corner. And I, I don't know if there's much truth to that or if there's a little bit of truth to that. Uh, what do you think? No, there's a lot of truth. <laughs> there's a lot of truth to that. <laughs> be like, if you get the puck, I'll be here. Um, and then, so we would, we would talk about stuff like that all the time. I, I remember there was one night, I think we were in Anaheim and I, we, I was all bummed out. You know, I, I had a bunch of chances and I told Dougie that I got, you know, he was like, what's wrong? And I'm like, Hey, I got shut out tonight. Like I had a bunch of chances to score. I didn't, I didn't bury. He goes, Bill, you had three assists. 
I go, yeah, but those are those are those aren't as good. <laughs> and he got so mad at me because that like pretty much like Dougie was just he was an assist guy. So he's like, so you basically my game means nothing. I'm like, no, 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 no offense, no offense. Like, but it was we we always had fun playing together. We always joked with each other and bust each other's chops and it just yeah, like I said, he he's so deserving of this honor tonight. It's uh, it's fun. And Bill, I know you. Of course, uh, now you grew up on the on the East Coast, right? Uh, so I, I don't know. If, I, I'm assuming as a hockey fan, you probably knew of the '80s Oilers. It was hard not to know who Wayne Gretzky was. And so you know, you look at a guy like Charlie Huddy, and you know, winning five Stanley Cups, man, on on one team is but is you know, there's very few people that do it. it. Just happens to be seven of them on on one group. But how much did you know about Huddy, and and maybe even when when you came to the Oilers? Well, I definitely knew about Charlie. Um, I was actually at the game in Boston in 1990. Oh. They won the cup there. Um, so I knew about the Oilers. I had blue blades when I was a kid. Um, you know, I, I knew all about the Oilers, and I knew a lot about Charlie. Um, and I got to know him when he was a coach here in Edmonton. Um, and he's just a, a wonderful guy, a true professional. Um, you know, I, I, I just it's amazing that, there are seven guys that, that won five Stanley Cups here. Like it's, it's, it's actually mind blowing, and you don't you don't win Stanley Cups without guys like Charlie Huddy. So you were playing for Boston College then in 1990, if I'm not mistaken, uh, uh, was was your first year. Yeah. Uh, so you're uh, you're in Boston College and they win. I'm thinking a young Bill Guerin was like Messier, the guy like Cam Neely and Messier. Those were the guys that you wanted to be. Yeah, absolutely. I love those guys. Um, you know, I was obviously a Bruins fan growing up. I loved Terry O'Reilly. Oh. I loved Rick Middleton, Cam Neely. Um, I loved Mark Messier. Like the guys are just, you know, they could kind of do it all. And I, I, I wanted to be something like that and modeled my game after that. And, um, so yeah, 1990 was pretty cool. And, you know, eight, eight, eight years later, I was wearing an Oiler jersey. It was, it was pretty neat. Well, what? But then also, uh, you know, the Devils and the Rangers, right, which had a lot of former Oilers on it. You guys had some epic battles head to head. Yeah, we did. I mean, going against Mets and uh, Kevin and Jeff Bukaboom, uh, Adam Graves, um, sure, you know, Mac P was there, Pick uh, was there. Uh, God, it was, it was, yeah, it was crazy. We had some unbelievably uh, uh, tough playoff rounds, but. Hey, those those are the things you just never forget. Bill Guerin joins us. Uh, he's the general manager of the uh, Minnesota Wild in town for Doug Wade and Charlie Huddy night. They're going into the uh, Orders Hall of Fame. Bill, quickly, I want to talk hockey. Uh, as you know, it, uh, you were joking about uh, hey, if you score twenty goals of defense for now, you're getting a gazillion dollars. But now that you have the GM hat on, and um, you know your team, you're one year away from uh, you know not having the dead cap space from the buyouts and and I'm sure you know you're kind of salivating and saying hey what could I actually do then you know when I have as much money as everybody else a little bit so do you kind of have that that Oilers mentality that you had as a player when you know you can't spend as much right now on your roster but you're like we're still going to be damn competitive yeah I, I mean I learned a lot and you know you have to you know I learned a lot from guys like like Slaps and Lou Lamarillo and you know, managing budgets and uh, your your salary caps, but you know what? Nobody cares that we have you know empty cap hits. Yeah. Um, you know, nobody feels sorry for us, so we have to operate uh, and 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 not. We don't use it as an excuse. 
Um, this is just our reality, and, and we move ahead. We try to make you know smart, educated, uh, you know thought out decisions and and moves, and and I think it's worked pretty well for us. And even when we come out of this situation, we're going to do the same thing, and and hopefully with more money, we can continue to to build on on what we've uh, what we've started there. Bill, it's very early in the year. Um, you know what? You've been around hockey for decades, but as a GM. How do you approach the first few games? Because the Minnesota Wild are a team that, you know, it's pretty good defensively. And, you know, you guys are sitting there, you know, you've given up, I think, you know, your third most goals against per game, only the Orders and Hurricanes, all three playoff teams last season. How do you, do you take it and say, okay, it's early in the year. I know as a former player, sometimes crazy things happen early on. Or is your angst high, uh, even though it's only six games? No, a little bit of both. You know, I, I think he, you know, as, as the, the the GM or the, the leader, you have to, you have to stay calm. You can't, it's not time to panic, but it's definitely time to adjust and, and fix it. Uh, because with how good the league is now, if, if you don't fix it and you go into, into a tailspin, you, you, you can, you can really hurt your chances of making the playoffs. So, um, you know, you just have to make a concerted effort to see what's going on with your team and, and, and make the proper adjustments. Like I said, no, no room for panic, but definitely room time to improve. How much do you miss Spurgeon? And can you give us an update on when you think he'll be back? I mean, obviously we miss Spurgeon. Tony's our number one defenseman. He's our he's our captain. Um, we're probably looking at another ten days uh, to two weeks. Uh, can't can't say that positive. You never know what's going to happen, but uh, that's kind of what we're looking at. And I know it's early, but Brock Faber has come in, and man, for a rookie defenseman to play this many minutes to play against top players and, and to look so poised, Bill, uh, are, are you a little surprised at just how well he's done early on in the defensive end of the ice? You know, I'm really not. That, that's kind of his, you know, that's kind of his game. Uh, you know, we saw a glimpse of it last year. He's just a very confident kid, uh, very profesh- professional um, yeah, he's, he's kind of, you know, been, been thrown to the lions here and, and he's handled it really well. I think we're, we're, we're very happy that we got him in, in that trade. And, um, you know, I think he's going to be a very good player in the league for a long time. Well, Bill, uh, enjoy tonight uh, with Doug Wade. I know it's great. Uh, two close friends. You get to see somebody uh, honored there and uh, all the other uh, Oilers alumni uh, have fun with that and continued success with the wild. Thanks for joining us. Thanks a lot for having me on. That is Bill Guerin. And, uh, man, the, uh, the, the chirps were flying around from, uh, Guerin to Buckburger, uh, Wade, Huddy, Coffee, Low. It was, uh, it was pretty funny. Uh, I'm sure if you missed it, uh, you can go to, uh, the order's website. Uh, it'll be up there as they had the, uh, kind of the press conference today, uh, welcoming Wade and Huddy. And, uh, they'll have a little pregame thing. And then the actual ceremony tonight will be at, uh, seven o'clock. Uh, Gene Prince Bay told me it was on. He said he would text me. If uh, if he was incorrect, and uh, as of right now, I don't have a text from uh, Mean Gene. So um, for those viewers who aren't going to the game, you will be able to watch the ceremony for Doug Waite and uh, Charlie Huddy tonight uh, at 7. So a uh, puck drop scheduled around 7.30 tonight. So uh, keep that in mind. It's 2.58. We've got uh, Terry Ryan coming up, a uh, Hall of Famer Ferguson Jenkins. Uh, Dave Maloney will give us the uh, Rangers side of things. Being a little Jekyll and Hyde with the Rangers. Uh, Shesterkin's 3-0, and uh, or sorry, 3-2 and in his three victories. He's allowed one goal in each game. In the two losses, they got lit up by Columbus five times, Nashville four times. So 
The Rangers overall are pretty good defensively. This will be a, a tough test for the Oilers. I, I don't know if this is one where you can think they're going to outscore. you got to be better defensively if they want to get a win and get back in the winning ledger and avoid a four-game losing streak early on in the season. Lost to Philly, lost to Winnipeg. I know they got a point, still a loss, and then to uh, Minnesota. Let's get to the uh, con man and a sports 1440 update brought to you by... The Edmonton Orders. And tonight, of course, it is the Hall of Fame game. Doug Waite and Charlie Huddy. There's very limited tickets available. If you still want to go, go to edmontonorders.com slash tickets. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.